Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. In verse 10, he who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. Notice, in himself, and he who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed, notice, the testimony that God has given of his Son. Are we going to believe God or are we going to believe man? You have to make the decision. Are you going to believe a movement? Are you going to believe a a denomination, the the things they hold to? Believe me, traditions aren't bad unless they go against the word of God. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us today on Truth in Christ Radio. When we refuse to believe on Jesus, we reject the testimony God has given of his Son. Therefore, we call God a liar with our unbelief. Such rejection of God's testimony over time can lead to a person's heart being permanently hardened against God and bringing them to the place where they may be one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, verse 28 and 29, Jesus warns that this is the only sin that is not forgivable. What hope can there be? for the one who persists in hearing what God says and calling him a liar. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's study. Isn't that what John said in the very first chapter of this letter? Remember what he said. He says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled. That's a witness. That's that's bearing witness. That's testifying that what I'm seeing is true. It, it's real. It's not some, he's, Jesus is not some phantom. He's not some ghost as the, the, the Gnostics believed back in the first century. No, this epistle was meant to re- just tear that idea, that heresy to pieces. Just to put a bunch of bullet holes in it. <laughs> we have seen him, John says. And because he is the spirit of truth, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are one. Their qualities are not separate from one another. They are equally God Almighty. In John chapter 14, verse 6, what did Jesus say? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth. He's the only truth. He's the only way. He's the only life. There's no other possibility. Jesus, while he was in the garden, he said, Lord, Father, if there be any other way for this plan of redemption to be laid out, let it let this cup pass from me. But even Jesus knew there is no other way. <laughs> but if there is a way, can you imagine just Jesus, I, you know, I'm not looking forward to the pain and I'm really not looking forward to being separated from you, Father. I've never experienced that. I don't even know what that's like. What's that going to be like? I've never experienced that. Man, I tell you, that just adds weight to what he did on the cross. It just brings you to tears. 
Man, his love is so great. But he's the spirit of truth. In John chapter 14, Jesus speaking, he said, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, another comforter, a paracletos, someone to walk by, to, to be alongside of you, that he may abide with you, what, forever. The spirit of truth, there it is, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. It's spiritually discerned. That's why people walk around and they look at you like they're testing new eyes because they can't figure you out. Who are you? What do you mean? What's this rapture business? I saw Star Trek. Is that what that means? Beam me up. Is that going to happen? Is that really going to happen? Yeah, it is. Maybe not quite like that. But it's going to happen. And believe me, you want to be in that number. Oh, when the saints, oh, when the saints, oh, when the saints go marching in. Everybody, oh, how I want to be in that number. When the saints go marching in. Right? Yes. And in John chapter 16, what does it say? Jesus, again, speaking to his disciples in that upper room before his crucifixion, he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, here it is, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. And get this, he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Aren't you glad that you don't have to be concerned about being deceived by the spirit of God? Are you afraid of him? He is truth. He is the only truth. Embrace the reality and trust God. There is no one like him. He loves you. Will you love him? Will you love him with all of your being? Believe me, he loves you more than you could possibly ever understand. Even with our finite mind, I can't comprehend the love and the grace of an almighty God who would do all of this. And believe me, when we stand before him, we are going to be blown away. We're very naturally going to fall on our face when we see him. That just takes the breath out of me, doesn't it, you? Let it take the breath out of you. It's just going to turn us into nothing. How I look forward to that day. But notice in verse 7, it says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. This is a direct, clear reference to the Trinity. There's another one. You might want to circle it. You're not going to find the word Trinity, but here it is. <laughs> the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. The Word is the Logos. That's where we get it from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Logos, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is Jesus, the Word, the Logos, the very expression of God. But notice, there are also verses that talk about the Trinity. And I'm getting off on a very small tangent here, but we're going to come back really quickly. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. Write this in the margin of your Bible next to this. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. Let me read it to you. It says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That's Paul's letter to the Corinthians. There it is. The Trinity, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. But we know that the Father and the Spirit, remember on the day of Jesus' baptism, there in the, in the ford, there in the, in the Jordan River, what does it say? It says that when he was baptized, 
the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Who is who is here in this incidence? We, we see the Spirit of God descending. We see the voice of God, the, God the Father, saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And if that's not good enough, in Matthew chapter 17, we know of the transfiguration of Christ when he took Peter, James, and John up on the mountain and he was transfigured before them. And it says, While uh, Peter was speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, Again, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Pleased, hear him, another witness of the Father. And if that's not good enough, we also hear of Jesus himself, testifying of himself. Because of all the people on the earth who could, he could. Because he was truth, he was the embodiment of truth. Remember in John chapter 8, it says this, and Jesus was speaking to the scribes and the Pharisees. Jesus spoke to them again, to them, the scribes and the Pharisees, and he says, I am the light of the world. And he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And the Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself, and your witness is not true. But notice what Jesus said. He said to them, verse 14, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I came from and where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no man. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true, and I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. Because Jesus is who he is, he is Almighty God in the flesh. Isn't, doesn't he have the authority to bear witness of himself? I believe he does. He's the Word become flesh. He is God Almighty. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the faithful and true witness. He's the faithful and true witness. Didn't he say that in Matthew 28? Remember the the Great Commission, the passage that we know and love, verse 18 of Matthew 28. What does it say? Jesus, speaking to his disciples, he says, All authority, all authority, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Do you know that he's here with us today? Man, he is Emmanuel. This Christmas, let it be different than any other Christmas because he is with us. He's not some God who's out in the, unattached from all this weirdness that we have in this world. Believe me, all the stuff that you see and are frustrated with, the things that are tearing you apart inside, all of this is going to come to an end. One day you're going to stand, we're going to see him face to face, and all of this stuff is going to be pale. It's going to be pale. Nothing is going to matter. We see him face to face. Lord, help us. <laughs> Let it grab a hold of you and just twist you up in a knot. I love it. Do you love it? You ever seen those pretzels? You know those pretzels that you get at the mall or whatever? You know, at Annie's pretzel thing? Let it twist you up in a knot. Just, it's a done deal, Lord. Love it. In verse 8, it says, There are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree. They agree as one. You know, uh, the Spirit, again, we saw earlier in Matthew chapter 6 at Jesus' baptism. The Spirit lighting upon him. And certainly the water speaks of his baptism that we just read about. And certainly the blood It speaks of the blood of Christ on the cross to atone for our sin. What does it say in John chapter 19? 
It says, but when they came to Jesus and they saw that he was already dead, the guards, they did not break his legs because there's no need to. The Romans would only break your legs when they want to hasten your death because then you can suffocate quicker and get it over with so they can go have tea. They can go have lunch. Wow, this guy is really strong. Man, if we don't do something, we're not going to be able to make our date at, at Applebee's. Break his legs. That fixes it. He can no longer support himself any longer because his legs are broken and he suffocates. That's what happens. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. And he who has seen has testified and his testimony is true because John was there. He witnessed it and he knows that he is telling the truth so that you may believe. That's the whole reason of the gospel of John, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And what happened on that cross? As they, as they pierced him, it's very possible they hit his heart right underneath the rib. Maybe they punctured his heart, and there's a, there's a sack that goes around the heart, and uh, Dr. Dale could tell us, huh, I think it's called a pericardium. It, it's, a, it's a sack uh, around the heart, and when that's ruptured, water comes out, or a clear liquid along with the blood, and that's exactly what happened when they pierced his side. The blood and the water, that's what it says, does it not? But one of the soldiers pierced his side, and immediately blood and water came out. That means he was dead, folks. There was no swooning on the cross. There was no fake in this one. When that's done, you're done. He died on the cross. But guess what? He rose again on the third day. Verse 8, it says, And there are three that bear witness on the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And notice, and these three agree as one. Even in our own judicial system, there has to be more than one witness against anybody. And if it's a death penalty, there has to be a lot more witnesses. They want to make sure that nobody just has a vendetta against this person. You can, you can be really upset with somebody and, and have a bunch of false witnesses, but eventually, when they're cross-examined, the, the, the truth is going to come out. They're going to, that story doesn't add up. That doesn't story doesn't add up. He said it happened in New Hampshire, but he said he was in New York when it happened. All these things don't add up. They don't add up. And it says in Deuteronomy, whoever is deserving of death shall be put to death on the testimony of two or three witnesses. He shall not be put to death on the testimony of one witness. That's the law. That's the law. And that's where we got our law. Do you realize that in our justice system? We got it from here. We got it from the Bible. Oh, but I'm sure that this is just a... It's just full of errors. It's really not worth anything, you know. Why do we even have it, you know? <laughs> no, everything is based on this. Our whole system is based on this. All of our laws have their basis, their foundation in here. So what more proof is necessary? You know, these are witnesses. The water, the spirit, the blood, these three agree as one. They bear witness on the earth. What more proof is necessary? See, faith in Jesus Christ never ought to be strictly an intellectual issue. It is always and ultimately an issue of the heart. Remember that. When you share the truth with somebody, it's not about intellect. It's not about knowledge. They have to be shown that, certainly, but it's an issue of the heart. It's always an issue of the heart because the will of man, believe me, is tenacious. I know this because I have one. And I know what the Lord had to do to break me. He's still breaking me. Is he still breaking you? I still want to be broken. I don't want to be the same. Just keep breaking me. Just keep breaking me. I want to be broken. I don't want to be the same. I don't want to rest on, on, if there is any laurels, I don't want to rest on them. 
I don't want to rest on what happened yesterday. I don't want to rest on something that happened to me 10 years ago. I want to rest on what he's doing in me today. You need to rest on him, what he's doing today. And if you're saying, Lord, do something with me. I feel like I'm in a fog. I feel like I'm in this holding pattern. You know what? Pray, ask him. Be available. Open your heart. Let him take you completely. Why are you afraid? Some of you this morning here are afraid. You're afraid of what he'll do in your life if you finally let go. Why are you holding on? Why are you still resisting his spirit when his spirit says, you know what? If you only knew the joy that I'm going to give you. See, we're all so worried that he's going to send us off to some foreign place where we hate it and there's, there's malaria and everything. Else. Believe me, I thought the same thing. But, get, but guess what? He knows you. He is able to change your heart so that when he is ready to do what he's going to do, you're going to be so in love with what he's going to do and what he's going to do in your life. You're going to be like, I can't believe I've, I've, been, I've been stuffing this up for so long. Why did, I, why did I resist so long? I tell you what, I'm having the time of my life now. I really am. I look back and I see how God got me to this place. I couldn't have gotten here on my own I didn't even want it. It wasn't even in my thoughts. It wasn't in my thought at all. I wanted something else for my life. And aren't you glad that God touches you and says, you know what? What you want is so, no offense, but it's really stinking pretty bad. I got something so much better for you. And I'm going to intervene in your life. I'm just going to show you my glory. I'm going to show you how much I love you. I'm not going to allow you to go that direction, Rob. You want to be a, a, a world-famous classical guitarist. That's what I, that was my goal. I wanted to tour the world and just play the classical guitar, but there came a point where I hated it because there was nothing about it about Christ. I couldn't speak. I couldn't tell. I mean, certainly you can play a song. There's no words. For me, that was a problem. Lord, you've got to change me. And he's like, well, I'm going to change you. You struggle because you had to play without words? Well, I'm going to give you a mouth. I'm going to sanctify that mouth. I'm going to sanctify that heart. And I'm having the time of my life. (laughs) The word of God, his will for you is great. In verse 9 it says, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. And that's true. God is greater than man. Are you going to listen to the traditions of man? Are you going to listen to what man has to say? Some things that man has to say is good. But let me tell you, what God has to say is infinitely better, exponentially better than anything man can tell you. Listen to the words of God. Read the word of God. Be obedient to the word of God. God's word is perfect. It's absolute. It's inerrant. It's infallible. Do you believe this? Have you or are you willing to look into this yourself? You don't have to check in your brain at the door. If you're one of those intellectual people, believe me, there's a lot of intellectuals who have looked into the claims of Christ and came away believers. Some of the most incredibly intensely intellectual people, the smartest people, the geniuses of the world, many of them have come to Christ when they've really examined it. Will you examine it? If there's any doubts in your heart, God is not saying, well, you just have to believe by faith. No, you believe by faith, but you go check it out and you'll come to the same conclusion. All the facts are there if you're just willing to see them. But again, it's a heart issue, isn't it? It's a heart issue. The witness of God is greater. Because your eternal destiny is dependent on faith in Christ, isn't it worth looking into? I think it is. 
But in verse 10, we get into the internal witness. It says in verse 10, He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. Notice, in himself. And he who does not believe God has made him a liar. Because he has not believed, notice, the testimony that God has given of his Son. Are we going to believe God or are we going to believe man? You have to make the decision. Are you going to believe a movement? Are you going to believe a, uh, a denomination, the, the things they hold to? Believe me, traditions aren't bad unless they go against the word of God. No, but see, there's certain traditions that aren't bad, but there are certain ones that people hold to. They do. They hold to them. They believe in them. With everything that they have, they believe in them because they don't know this. And so they believe anything else somebody tells them. And believe me, what you know about the word of God, what you know about Jesus is critical. So who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what this says? Or are you going to believe what some man tells you? Oh, Jesus is not really the Son of God. He's just a good man. Just a good man. His blood really wasn't, you know, he really didn't die on the cross. You have a witness within yourself if you're a child of God. Doesn't it say in John chapter 14, Jesus speaking to his disciples, he says, um, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will send you another helper, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. And notice, he says later on in the same verse, he says, For he, the Spirit of God, he dwells with you and shall be in you. Do you see the difference? There's one who's with you, and then there's one who's in you. Two different relationships. When he is in you, then you are a child of God. Until then, you are not a child of God. I don't care how much money you give to the church. You can give $8 million to the church, and I'd encourage you to do that. I'm just kidding again. It doesn't matter what you do. You could help the old lady across the street and be just the kindest, tenderest you know, young man. He's such a wonderful young man. Here you go, Sonny, here's a dollar. I just want to thank you for your love. But his heart is not in it. You can do all of that stuff and not get to heaven. You can do all of it. The Spirit of God is in you. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, what does it say? In verse 9, it says, Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He's none of his. Are you born again? Praise the Lord. You're a part of the church. You are a child of God. If you, are not, if you don't have the Spirit of God in you, you are not part of the church. We invite you. God wants you to be part of his family, part of the church, part of uh, being a child of God. Certainly, that's why he died. He wants you. He loves you, but you are none of his unless the Spirit of God is in you. In Romans chapter 8, at the very, in verse 16, it says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You have that witness in your heart. Some point along the line, even with all of your messed up life, even with the things you've messed up and the things that are hurting you, at some point, do you ever hear that still small voice? You know what? I love you, and you're one of mine. I know you've made a mistake, and you've made some, a lot of mistakes. And you've done these things, and there's going to be consequences for these things. But you're still one of mine, and I'm not going to give up on you. Have you had that witness in your heart at times? Boy, the devil hates that voice. He wants to come along and say, you know, you really don't deserve it. You've done that a little too many times. Once or twice, the Lord might forgive you, but I don't know about that third time, man. You're going to go down that slippery slide, that slip and slide all the way down to Ghana. That's where you're going. He's not going to forgive you again. You do it again. I'm sorry. Does that sound like the God that we serve? No, he gives you many opportunities, but when you take your last breath, then it is done. 
So it behooves us then to get right with the Lord, to put away those things and say, God, sanctify me completely and wholly once again. Sanctify me. Set me apart. I want to be yours. And all throughout the Bible, there's testimony. There's witness of Christ. The very He's the seed of the woman. It tells us that in Genesis 3, verse 15, that's going to crush the head of the serpent. I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.